Coming up, your guide for a sweet and delicious Rosh Hashanah with Jamie Geller. You are listening to At Home in Jerusalem, the podcast on H.com. I'm your host, Heather Dean, and this week I'm speaking about preparing special food for Rosh Hashanah with best-selling author and chef Jamie Geller. Jamie's the creative force behind jamiegeller.com, and you can also check out Jamie's new initiative, Fresh Families, by visiting freshfamilies.us. Welcome back to At Home in Jerusalem, Jamie Geller. Thank you so much. I love hanging out with you. Yay. All right. Well, you know, it's not Rosh Hashanah, Jamie, without dipping that apple in the honey. And uh, in Israel, all of us see jars and bottles and every kind of container of honey wherever food is sold. I'm wondering, do you like honey? I love honey. Oh. Yes, yeah, so that works out really well. I even use it in my coffee. That's oh. how much I love it. Oh, yeah. Um, it's a beautiful way to sweeten um, dishes, both sweet and savory. Even on the savory dishes, I put a little bit of honey and it just balances um, a lot of the flavors. It's delicate. It's sweet. Mm-hmm. It's... Um, perfect for Rosh Hashanah and year-round, and I always have honey in my cabinet. Oh, very nice. And also, you know, Jenna from Dallas wrote in asking, what are some clever ways, Jamie Geller, that we can sweeten food that we're preparing for Rosh Hashanah? So things we may not have thought about. Mm-hmm. Well, I love drizzling honey on top of baked goods. Mm-hmm. I think that's really, really beautiful at the end. When it comes out of the oven and it's hot, do this with your challah, mm-hmm. do it with your rugelach, with your danishes. It gives it a beautiful sheen, a beautiful sticky finish, and it tastes really, really lovely. And it just kind of melts into the warm pastry. So that's something that I really, really love to do. I also like to spread honey on bread like butter. I think that it's like a really, really fun way. So it's not just for the apples, but it's mm-hmm. really, really delicious on, I think I'm tending towards now some of those flaky pastries and, and doughs and breads, like a really, really lovely way to enjoy them. Now also on jamiegeller.com, you have this thing I would also recommend people because I checked it out. It's 25 recipes with honey for every course. Yes. So we put honey, like I said, on the challah to begin with. Mm-hmm. I put it on a tuna, tar- I serve a tuna tartare for a Russian with wonton crisps. And on the wonton, we drizzle honey and sesame seeds. And it's an amazing to balance. You put a little bit of spicy, you could put chili if you like, Mm -hmm. or jalapenos in the tuna and then put that on the honey crisp. And it's like, Oh, oh, amazing. Wow. Wow. Then we also put honey in soups. We put honey in briskets. I put honey on chicken and then I put it in desserts. Right, so right. I love this year round, but certainly we love to call it out during Rosh Hashanah time. Right, right. Because we want that idea of starting out our year very sweetly, but also that it's for a sweet year. Yeah, that's, that's yeah kind it's of for a sweet course and a right. meal and a year. And a year, we hope so. There are many special symbolic foods that mm-hmm. uh, Jewish people eat on Rosh Hashanah, including leeks and carrots, pomegranates, dates, fish many different uh, symbolic foods. And in the Rosh Hashanah section of jamiegeller.com, I see that there's a set of recipes that totally speaks to me. And one especially is your one three-ingredient dressing for five three-ingredient salads. So with all the meals that we're making on Rosh Hashanah, you have mercifully simplified our preparations. And I'm just wondering if you want to tell our listeners about this very sure. clever idea. Well, I think it's really important for people to realize when it comes to cooking, and especially cooking for the holidays, 
holidays, it can be so overwhelming. There's so many meals you want to impress when you're entertaining. You want the food to taste good. And it's very easy to go overboard. There's a Yiddish word called pachkit, which is like kind of (laughs) fussy and overdone. And like each recipe doesn't have to be a laundry list of ingredients Mm -hmm. to the point that I have entire menus for Rosh Hashanah for all of the holidays Mm -hmm. that are five ingredients or less, Mm -hmm. three Mm -hmm. ingredients or less. Mm -hmm. I have Jewish classics that are 10 ingredients or less. If you want to do like a kokosh made easy, Mm -hmm. that's a classic Jewish cake or a babka or a rogalach. Mm -hmm. So that salads, those salads that you're speaking about, actually I was inspired. I travel back and forth to the States a lot Mm -hmm. for, um, TV appearances and events, and I saw these salads in the LL Lounge, and I thought they were amazing. <laughs> they were genius, and I kept tasting all these different salads that they had. They wanted this beautiful salad bar, so there were all these different salads. And I'm tasting. I'm like, the dressing is the same. I just know that to my trained palate. No one else will realize mm-hmm. that. And all they did was each salad was like a different set of a few ingredients. So they put the same dressing on a couscous butternut squash and kale salad as they did on like a barley sun dried tomato and spinach salad. Mm-hmm which was like a sweet and a savory. They were all autumnal. And so I took that idea and I said, how can we make people want to put out a beautiful spread, lots of salads, lots of dips, lots of dishes, make each recipe just a few ingredients. Mm -hmm. So if you search on jamiegeller.com, there are simanim-inspired menus. Simanim are these symbolic foods that you spoke about. And there are these few ingredient Rosh Hashanah menus that you can find. Yes, I'm going to have to check even more of those out. More homework for you. (laughs) Exactly. uh, You mentioned kokosh, right? And let's skip ahead to dessert before we get to the mains, because kokosh, (laughs) you you just debuted this new recipe called Kokosh Made Easy. And for listeners who may not know what kokosh cake is, Jamie, just said it's like babka right it's you call it online babka's little brother and so anyone who has watched seinfeld knows what a babka is <laughs> totally. so tell us about your newest kokosh so yeah it's a babka's little flat and squished down brother filled with chocolate and so um the thing that i way that i make these recipes easy how do you make a babka easy how do you make a kokosh easy how do you suddenly make cinnamon buns for dessert when you're making challah i take the challah dough and i just repurpose it for all of my desserts and you spread it out, you roll it out thinly, you put different fillings in it, and then you twist it, roll it, however it is, if you're making a cinnamon bun, if you're making a kokosh cake, if you're making a babka, mm-hmm. but you've just taken this one dough that you worked hard on with your kids, yes. and you've used it for the start of the meal and the end of the meal. Wow, okay, good. I like. I always like repurposing, and yeah. especially if it's if it's a, sort of like a, a way that people may not notice, like this, you know. Oh, they'll never know, right, they'll right. never know. And by the way, we just ordered, I arrived back three hours before Shabbos, mm-hmm. um, just now from our vacation. And so I ordered from my neighbor. They do some kind of catering. So I was like, I needed a challah and I needed a dessert. And meanwhile, I totally tasted that the challah and the kokosh cake dessert was the same um, mm. the same dough. Mm-hmm. But all, again, only I knew that. Right. And I was like, okay, right. she's smart too. She knows right. what she's right. doing. Right. right, exactly. Yes, you have to you have to do what you can. Okay, so let's get back to the festive meal in Rosh Hashanah, the main course. I see there are many ideas in the family feast section of freshfamilies.us as well as the Rosh Hashanah section of jamiegeller.com on brisket. Now you've written the book on brisket. So <laughs> let's start with what is your favorite no-fail recipe for brisket? So if I had to pick one, I would pick the first recipe that I ever published about brisket. It's brisket and wine sauce. It's a classic holiday um, brisket that everyone enjoys. Hundreds of thousands of people have visited that website on jamiegeller.com and commented and liked and shared their um, successes with it. Mm-hmm. So that's like the first recipe that I ever did. But now debuted in my new book, Brisket 101, was 
a recipe for classic oven braised brisket. Okay. And so that I really, really love as well because that's almost like a classic French preparation where the other one's a little bit less, tends toward holiday. Okay. And then I have an Israeli-inspired brisket. Okay. And then okay. I have like 50 others. Oh, so. okay. <laughs> now, what is your Israeli-inspired uh, brisket? Like? So I use dates, oranges, like, you know, Israel's very sure. known, you know, for their gorgeous oranges mm-hmm. and dates, um, which are, again, Ceylon, when they speak about... Um, uh, milk and honey in the Bible, they say that they're speaking about Ceylon, actually mm-hmm. not bees honey, but date honey. Right. And so dates are very, very prominent in a lot of my Israeli inspired recipes. So whether mm-hmm. it's date honey or actual dates and oranges in that point one. Mm-hmm. So it has like a really nice sweetness to it, which is great for Rosh Hashanah. Okay. And uh, brisket, is that something that in your house you would serve it for the evening meal? Do you ever serve it cold? Do you? How do you repurpose extra brisket if there's any leftover? So in my book, Brisket 101, which was the number one bestseller on Amazon. Yay! Yay. <laughs> in cooking and entertaining, it not only gives you 40 recipes for brisket, no fail brisket, fail, foolproof, fail proof, but it also gives you lots of ideas for how to repurpose brisket. Yeah. So I personally don't like it cold, but I would repurpose. And like you have to make triple if you want to have leftovers because that's mm-hmm. how good these recipes are. Mm. You can put it in a in a hash for the morning, like a breakfast, you make eggs and like a make like a hash browns with a brisket. You can do pulled brisket sandwiches. You can put brisket even if we skip ahead to Hanukkah in your latkes. You know, I put brisket in matzo balls. Mm -hmm. I mean, Mm -hmm. there's a hundred and one things that you could do with leftover brisket. Mm -hmm. Um, And, but even just sandwiches are my favorite, just like shredding it and piling it high in a sandwich with some crispy onions and slices of avocado. I love it. Wow. Very, very nice. Okay. So in the time remaining, I just also want to highlight, you have some really fantastic do-it-yourself crafts Mm -hmm. for Rosh Hashanah on jamiegeller.com. So what I like about this is not only are these doable, but you can also involve the kids, like get them if they have time off from school or whatever it is when they're preparing also uh, their their minds or uh, just getting the spirit of of Rosh Hashanah. So it's something you can do with your kids. What are some of uh, your favorites? I think the best way to instill a love of our traditions to our children is to enjoy them, prepare, craft Mm -hmm. and cook together. Mm -hmm. You know, they're not guests. They, we don't want them to just show up at the meal. We want them to be part of all of that preparation engenders yeah. a love for our holiday and for our traditions and is an opportunity to educate them as well and to bond with them over these times. I remember holiday baking with my family. I remember holiday baking, uh, crafting with my aunt. And so yes. that's really so what's so special about these. They're not daunting. They're really there. It's just an opportunity to bond with your kids and to enhance your holiday. Mm-hmm. So um, we have these really beautiful apple centerpieces. Right. Those I say, love a yeah, lot. And I yeah. love them because you could use them as centerpieces to decorate the table. Mm-hmm. You could uh, attach name tags if you're having like lots of guests, or even if you're not having a lot of guests. It really makes someone feel special when they arrive at the holiday table and their name is there. It's like you've been waiting for them, you oh, know? Yes. And they didn't just happen upon this table. And so I think like those maybe, those apples are, they're golden. You could do them whatever color you want. Mm-hmm. I, I like golden white because that matches my um, holiday decor, but whatever colors that you like. And it reinforces the apple symbolic uh, food of the holiday yes. and it also gives like a beautiful centerpiece or a beautiful a nameplate. Thanks so much Jamie Geller. You have definitely helped sweeten our preparations for Rosh Hashanah and Shana Tova. Shana Tova Matuka. And there are many excellent kosher recipes on H.com, many of which are developed by Jamie Geller. Check them out and enjoy the whole Rosh Hashanah section on H.com. Thanks for listening and Shana Tova. Mm-hmm.